Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun, sermonaudio.com. I'm Bob, and this is the North Korea audio weblog. I'm reading today three segments from UPI News. Now, uh, this is not Christian news, I'll tell you up front. And I would not normally read just news. But I want you to keep abreast of what's going on in North Korea. And I've noticed that UPI, the Asia section that's uh, headed up by Elizabeth Shim, uh, is keeping up with the good news there, or the bad news actually, but keeping up with it in a, a good way and in a consistent way. And I think it's good that I uh, share some of these things with you so that you know how to pray for brothers and sisters suffering in this awful land. When North Korea announced since it's ready to test a ballistic missile or reports a nuclear test, the declarations often have global ripple effects. Once the sense of stunned disbelief subsides, analysts then step in to give up and give us their own take on what Pyongyang has just said. Sometimes they suggest North Korea is exaggerating its claims, which is exactly what South Korea's annual defense white paper argued this week regarding Kim Jong-un's ballistic missile threat. Seoul said it's unlikely North Korea has developed an intercontinental ballistic missile capable of reaching the U.S. mainland, despite statements from Kim of a readiness to successfully launch an ICBM at an arbitrary time and place. North Korea's nuclear weapons program, however, is no joke. The paper stated that Pyongyang has stockpiled about 110 pounds of plutonium and is working to perfect the miniaturization of nuclear weapons. And what if a nuclear-tipped missile is launched to target the United States? The answers varied across uh, uh, government agencies. The State Department said Sunday the United States is indeed capable of defending against a North Korea ballistic missile attack. But a Pentagon assessment indicated a $36 billion network of ground-based interceptors have shown a limited capability to defend the U.S. homeland from ICBMs, although that evaluation did not rule out high confidence of the network's capability to deter incoming missiles. The interceptors could also be bolstered by the deployment of sophisticated X-band radar, which was recently mobilized from Hawaii in response to the North Korea threat. Tensions are likely to continue. Your former Pyongyang diplomat Tai Yong-ho is right about the North Korean leader. While sanctions against the country continue to do damage, including $200 million in revenue losses for the regime, Tai has said that not even an incentive of $1 trillion or $10 trillion would make Kim Jong-un give up his nuclear weapons. Well, that sounds like a story about United States concerns. That's true. But imagine living in a nation ruled by a dictator who is a madman, who is threatening the rest of the world. And you're living there knowing, well, some of you know, that uh, eventually it's all going to come back on you uh, if this man goes off. Some of the people there really think he's going to control the world by his uh, craziness. Elizabeth Shin writes again, and this is a week before, and these 
stories are all in order backwards. All right, that was the most recent one. A week or so ago, the dire human rights situation in North Korea raises questions about the country and the nature of the regime. This week, reports on mass executions and Pyongyang's deployment of forced laborers overseas brought into sharp focus a few of the reasons why rights violations continue to prevail under Kim Jong-un. According to Seoul's spy agency, the North Korean leader could have purged or killed 340 people, many of them senior government officials who had misgivings about how Kim commanded the country. Kim didn't begin his rule in 2012 with mass purges, but over the last five years, the number of people dismissed or killed increased exponentially as he sought to consolidate his power. It's debatable whether the purges are a sign of strength or of weakness, but what we do know is that in the same time period, Kim spent $300 million for weapons and weapons development while spending another $180 million toward statues and monuments glorifying his family. It's also possible that some officials who disagreed with such hardline policies may have been sacrificed to serve as a warning to others. Kim set a goal of completing nuclear development by the end of 2017, according to Tai Yong-ho a senior North Korean diplomat who defected to South Korea in August. Rights abuses also appear to be embedded into the economic structure of the regime, and in the case of North Korean forced laborers, worker exploitation continues because foreign governments, like Poland's, either look the other way or choose a lax approach to enforcing sanctions. According to a South Korean television network, more than 100 North Korean women currently work at a tomato farm southwest of Warsaw, although Poland has stated that North Korean workers were no longer being permitted to enter the country. International sanctions, however, have had some impact in other parts of the world. Oman recently repatriated all North Korean state workers, according to South Korea's trade agency a sign that more countries are wary of the presence of forced laborers within their borders. Pretty serious, don't you think? Don't you think this this little tiny country wielding this kind of influence, surely the rest of the peoples of the world are going to wake up and do something about it, my goodness. North Korea and Japan have a relationship rooted in history and geography. But perhaps it's for those reasons the connection is fraught with tensions and the yet unresolved issue of Japanese abductees. This week, North Korea made it known it has issues of its own with Japan while condemning Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe for his plans to attend a ceremony, which he did, to remember the victims of the Pearl Harbor attack. Pyongyang called the upcoming visit, which is now past visit, an ugly peace charade while claiming Japan does not plan to issue an apology for Pearl Harbor, and they did not, or for its invasion and colonization of neighboring Asian countries, including Korea. 
And North Korea isn't just haunting Japan with words evoking a, a difficult past. On Monday, another wooden boat, most likely of North Korean origin, was found near the Japanese coast. Two bodies were found on board the vessel, along with some clothing. A sign North Korean boats are increasingly being lost at sea, with fatal consequences for crew members. Proximity to North Korea also weighs on Tokyo because Pyongyang appears to have no qualms about conducting test launches of ballistic missiles that land in Japanese territorial waters. The last such provocation is prompting Japan to plan an evacuation drill for March involving real people and the use of J-Alert, a national emergency alert system. North Korea's missile development also means more risk, which Tokyo is trying to mitigate through agreements like the intelligence-sharing deal with South Korea. Last week, the security allies shared information on North Korea and nuclear weapons for the first time since the deal was signed in November, a move that was undoubtedly being closely monitored by China which has stated the deal is not in line with the common interests of countries in the region. That statement from Beijing reflects a clear trend of increased Chinese attention to South Korea's defense policy. On Thursday, the Chinese Foreign Ministry again warned the United States and South Korea about the consequences of THAAD deployment on the peninsula. That would not help maintain the peace a ministry spokeswoman said, while not mentioning the other source of instability, which is North Korean provocations. Well, there it is. Most recent news I have about North Korea. I ask that you will continue to pray for your brothers and sisters caught in that place for all oh, these many years. So many of them, of the people of Korea, are North Korea are uh, brainwashed. They don't really realize they're in a bad situation. But some of them are finding the truth, and more and more are through the media outlets that they now have, things that, that actually are inlets, I should say, things that are getting to them that couldn't get to them before. Pray, pray, pray for God's people in North Korea. I've often said that if you could take a look at North Korea today, you might be able to understand Antichrist tomorrow. I believe that when he controls the world, it will look something like the horror that you see in that place. I believe it will, and perhaps a lot worse. So we need to pray for ourselves. As Jesus said to the women who were trying to comfort him and weeping for him as he was on his way to his crucifixion, he said, don't cry for me. You need to cry for yourself. Trouble's coming your way. Well, right now we're in a position where we can do both. Pray for North Korea and pray that you will be ready, dear brother and sister of America or wherever you're listening from today. Are you ready to bear the cross of Jesus Christ when it really means something, when it really means suffering and trouble for you, inconvenience and discomfort? Are you? I hope so. I pray that I am too. Hey, check in from time to time here at 
um, the Hackberry House of Chosun website. That Chosun part is the Korea part. That's why we call it the House of Chosun. It's at sermonaudio.com, as you know. And by the way, while you're here, there's a whole lot of other things to look at, and I hope that you'll look at them. And that uh, you will let me know every once in a while something you'd like to study that I haven't studied or send me a comment on something that, that I've put out there that maybe needs correcting or just uh, a word of encouragement. We'll talk soon, Lord willing. Bye-bye.